Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We made it to Wednesday. It's March 9th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're watching. President Zelensky gives a historic speech to the British Parliament. Plus, the airline industry reacts to the Ukraine war. But first, today's one big thing, a verdict and an indictment on the Capitol riot. We got two big criminal updates on people involved in the January 6th insurrection yesterday. A jury found a Texas militia member guilty on all counts in the very first Capitol riot trial. And the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, was indicted yesterday by the Justice Department for his role in the insurrection. Aruna Vishwanatha covers the Justice Department for The Wall Street Journal and is joining us now. Hi, Aruna. Hi, thanks for having me. Could you start first with this trial? Who is Guy Reffitt and what was he found guilty of yesterday? Sure. So he is from Texas, as you mentioned. He was an oil worker, had been somewhat out of work during the pandemic, and um, started becoming more interested in kind of right-wing politics, ended up coming to D.C., wore body armor, had a gun on him, and basically stood on a banister and sort of riled up the crowd as they were about to start breaking the police line and entering the Capitol. He gets shot with sort of rubber projectiles and bear spray and doesn't ultimately go into the Capitol. But he was charged with obstructing an official proceeding, having this gun on him while he's standing there on Capitol grounds, battling with police. And then he was also charged later on with threatening his children not to report him to the FBI. And he was convicted on all of those counts. What is the likely punishment that he's facing? So the obstruction count that he faces carries a 20-year maximum penalty. And Some of the other uh, January 6th defendants who have pleaded guilty to that count have been sentenced to three to four years in prison, and those were under plea deals. So I would expect Mr. Reffitt could potentially face more than that, but we're probably talking in that five-year range. Yesterday, we have Enrique Tarrio, a leader from the Proud Boys who was indicted, even though he wasn't actually physically present on January 6th at the Capitol. What does the indictment say about his role in the insurrection? That's right. He wasn't there. And and it's pretty interesting because even in the days before January 6th, he was actually arrested in D.C. on charges related to a prior protest he had been to. And law enforcement really did kind of think taking him off the field, as it were, and telling him to stay out of D.C., they thought that they were potentially limiting the potential for things to get out of hand on January 6th. But according to these new allegations, even though he wasn't physically present, he was still sort of directing efforts to approach the Capitol or breach the Capitol, and they're saying he played an integral role in that planning. So this is just the start of all of these trials or plea deals, different ongoing investigations into people involved in the January 6th insurrection. That's right. We are a year into this investigation, but just given how sort of sprawling and unprecedented it is, we already have more than 750 people who have been arrested, and there's more coming almost every day, each week at least. Mr. Reffitt was the first one to go to trial. That could potentially influence how some of these other cases could go. But as we see, they're still bringing more serious cases. So yeah, it is still early days, even though it's already been a year. We could potentially see this playing out over the course of several more years. Aruna Vishwanatha covers the Justice Department for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks, Aruna. Thank you. 
In 15 seconds, Ukraine's President Zelensky draws on history to rally support. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. To catch you up quick, here's what we heard from President Zelensky and Biden yesterday on the war in Ukraine. We will not give up and we will not lose. We will fight till the end at sea, in the air. We will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost. That was Ukrainian President Zelensky addressing the British Parliament yesterday. We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets. If those words sound familiar, that's because it was an echo of a famous speech Winston Churchill gave following the Allied evacuation of troops from Dunkirk during World War II. Zelensky's speech brought Parliament to its feet, and British politicians from all parties afterwards talked about the need to set aside partisan differences to support Ukraine. Here in the U.S., President Biden announced a ban on Russian oil, natural gas, and coal imports, while gas prices in the U.S. reach a record average of $4.17 a gallon. Americans have rallied support, have rallied to support their Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. That phrase, Putin's war, was mentioned seven times in the short speech. Axios' Margaret Taleb writes that's a clear strategy by Biden to redirect American anger about gas prices and insulate himself this midterm year. Biden even said, quote, I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home, end quote. If you want to read more, I'll tweet out a link to Margaret's analysis. U.S. air travel has been coming back and airlines are trying to win the loyalty of consumers who are planning vacations and business trips again. But the war in Ukraine and sky high fuel prices could affect the industry in a big way. Zach Griff is a senior reporter for The Point Sky. He's got the latest and some tips for us. Hey, Zach. Hey, how are you doing? Zach, first of all, do we know how much Russia's war on Ukraine could affect, for example, airline oil prices? We're starting to see what appears to be increase in fares directly related to the increase in the fuel prices that we've already seen kind of at the pumps for ourselves. Just this week, you had an airline Breeze, which is one of the new airlines here in the U.S., founded by the same guy who started JetBlue. They were going to announce a much bigger expansion than they did, but they pared some of that back strictly because they just didn't know what would happen with fuel prices. What are airlines doing to reassure customers, especially when they're thinking about transatlantic travel or summer travel? Imagine a lot of people might be putting European vacations on hold. Yeah, I mean, of course, we've already seen all the U.S. airlines. They are no longer flying through Russian airspace. Obviously, nothing at all over Ukraine as well. And so United had to cancel some of their flights to India because of the rerouting and making it commercially no longer feasible to take those super, super long routes and make them even longer. The U.S. airlines, though, they are certainly hopeful that Western Europe, cities like Paris, London, if those cities uh, remain relatively safe and the war does really get contained to the Ukraine and Russia area, the airlines are certainly hopeful that people will be confident to get back out there. So for consumers, what are the best tips for booking travel these days, considering the fact that we're in this new phase of the pandemic and we have this war in Ukraine? I mean, obviously, flexibility is the name of the game if you really want to unlock a deal. Things like midweek departures, even during the summer, which is super busy season, 
Tuesdays, Wednesdays, even sometimes Saturdays. But it's not just about being flexible. It's about even which airline are you flying? For instance, in the Northeast Corridor, you have a new startup airline called Avello. They're operating out of New Haven, Connecticut. And for a lot of people, you know, JFK or, or LaGuardia is, it could be, for instance, equidistance from New Haven, or it's easy enough to get over there to New Haven. And they have fares that are starting at, you know, 49 bucks one way, but that would never otherwise come up in your search because you weren't, you know, thinking about going to an airport that may not necessarily be on your radar. Zach Griff is a senior reporter for the Point Sky website. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. That's it for us today. A big thank you to all of you who in the last couple of days have been sharing what gas prices look like in your hometown and how you're managing as a spike. You can always reach out with feedback, story ideas, or more. The number's in our show notes. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. The U.S. was started as an experiment in democracy, and the podcast The Experiment checks in on how that's going. It's a weekly show from The Atlantic and WNYC Studios that explores what happens when we put our ideals to the test. Listen to The Experiment wherever you get your podcasts.